0: Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Unraveling the Veil with your host, Yara Rose, from the YaraRose.com website. That's Y-A-R-A-R-O-S-E.com. So today we are blessed with my mother's appearance. She is going to talk a little bit about the changes that she's noticed in me throughout my little journey that I've been on and been discussing with you. I know during one of my earlier podcasts, I said that eventually I would like to get to this point, so I feel like we are here today. So, everyone, welcome my mother. Hi, everyone. (laughs) And then, so, Mom, what are some of the changes that you've noticed from your perspective about things that have changed in the last, I don't know, three, four years? Oh, I don't know been a long journey for you.
1: I have noticed that you've become a lot more spiritual, and I believe you've been going back to God again, because your Catholic upbringing, you kind of steered away from it, and that you felt everything was forced, and you weren't happy with it, so it, it felt like you didn't have the belief of God that we put in you in all through your life. It was kind of like we you were almost atheists at first, seemed to us, but Now you have totally turned around and are talking to God all the time and feel his presence with you. I believe you're a lot more understanding when things don't go the way you had planned them to go. You feel that God has a plan for it or the universe has a plan for it and that you don't know the reason why it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. But you would wait and see if their plan, how their plans come out i guess is how you say or how it ended up with whatever circumstances it was it didn't go the way
0: you thought it should be yes i don't think i was ever atheist i always believed in a god i just didn't believe in the god the way that you did which i know was a big struggle for you and dad because that was important to you guys um But I think it's important to find your own way. Like, I think everybody should find their own way to what they believe in and and who they believe in. I'm hoping my kids do that themselves. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All we could do is give you, for me, to give you the knowledge that God's there and that he's someone that you could turn to anytime you have problems. Because I was grown up with a father that was atheist, and we never went to church, and we never talked about God or That he was there when we needed him, so we grew up not having that sense of having something there that we could pray to and that that would take care of us. So I went from not doing church or not believing in God to turning Catholic and then following your dad's rules, which his rules were strict, very strict, because he was Mm -hmm. raised from a strict Catholic woman. So I wanted to accomplish my kids as having something to turn to or something to believe in. I did at first think that maybe you lost that. But now after you went through your spiritual journey, you have more than I do now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it comes back around. <laughs> yep.
1: I know.
0: No, I think it's so amazing. I always knew there was something there. I just didn't believe in a lot of the religious teachings that the Catholic Church says to people. And a lot of the things that they say is very contradictory and it doesn't make sense to me. So yeah, as soon as I could, I wanted to get out of that church, but I wasn't sure where I was going to end up. And it's been a lot of fun. I'd say at the foundation, it's the same, right? There's this beautiful presence that loves us no matter what we do or where we go or how we behave. We're we're still loved unconditionally. And that's been like one of the most amazing Mm -hmm. rewards to what I've gone through is finding that being that loves me no matter what I do, no matter if I'm messing up or if I'm doing something good. I know that they're there and I know that they love me and I know that they have my best interests at heart. So I can't thank or be grateful enough that I have reached that. And it's so important that everybody, I think, finds and redefines their definition of what that is for them because truly believing in that and having that and, like, witnessing it for yourself, it brings this amazing inner peace that's just indescribable to your life.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I was trying to think of the second part that you had talked about. The more patience, the more... Oh, yes. <laughs> something that you didn't have a lot
0: of. I... D- I... Something- I still struggle so much with patients. I really do want things to go a certain way and when they don't, it, it has been- if you
1: handle it better, I can tell ya. Yeah. Than you would have ever did before. You have something to turn to or someone to talk to or that feeling that you're being supported now that you didn't before. Just like you open up more now than you ever did before. You can talk about things. I mean, you've told me things about your past that, as you know, it made me cry because it it totally was something that you never would have thought that a kid would hide. Because I guess it brings back because nowadays a lot of kids take their lives when they're sad and they're being bullied and stuff. But to not know that your child was ever bullied and... It cuts a hole in you because you just you never seen it. I mean, we always had that open conversation at the table. We would talk about everything, but yet you still didn't feel way back then that you could tell us about the problems you were having. I wish there was a way a person could bottle that up so and help parents. I don't know why you know because always parents just don't know what their kids are going through or what they're thinking, and they don't know how to bring it out. Because we always thought we had an open you know conversation. And until recently, when you started clearing out your things from your past and your stuff so your soul can be free, when you talk about the stuff that hurt you or that happened in your past, that held you back.
0: Yeah. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I've been thinking a lot about that. And I don't want you to take it personally that I didn't say anything to you about it because it just seemed like you already had so much on your plate you you didn't need any extra but we don't want our kids to
1: think that so what can a parent do you know like i have a lot of grandkids and i don't want to have one of them have that problem i know they can't come and they can't they can't talk to people about it I mean, there must be something, because like I said, I always thought we had been in conversation at the table. We would talk about everything. I mean, I even told my kids when they were teens that if they were going to drink or something that I wouldn't ground them if they just called me, but I'd rather been called than to do it. So I always thought that was pretty open, that if they had a problem that they would come to me with it. Mm -hmm. I could figure out, and every parent would like that information of how, to get their kids to open up to say things when they're being hurt on the inside and and not hold it in and let it out, you know?
0: I do, because I struggle with that as a parent myself. Now that I'm a parent, I'm like, oh, my gosh, how can I protect my kids? How can I put them in this little bubble? Because every parent that I know wants to put their kids in a little bubble and have nothing in life hurt them the way that they've been hurt. So it's something that I think about a lot because I did. I um I remember when I did emotion code and I think it was towards the end of it. She looked at all of the ones that she had sent me and she said, wow, you could write a book with just the emotions that I've cleared and at the ages I've cleared them. I, I don't even know your story, but I can tell that you could write a book that you went through so much and it could inspire a lot of people. And I thought that was enlightening, <laughs> a little crazy. yeah. But it really is interesting when you start to look at life through the lens that I've looked at it now in the last couple of years and seeing it differently. So I do feel like when I compare my relationship with my parents compared to the friends that I had at that age, our relationship was way closer than any of theirs was. I think it's just one of those things where the kids look around and they kind of see what they see and based off of their understanding of the world, they decide whether they think that their parents need to know something or not, or if it's just something that they should deal with on their own. And we came from a family of five kids and it just didn't seem like you needed any extra weight (laughs) to carry around. So it seemed like it was something that I could deal with and I could handle in my own way. And I did deal with it and I did handle it in my own way. And I did want to point out though that like even though I may not have always talked to you about what was going on, you did intuitively know. And by that I mean I don't even know what happened, but something bad happened at school and I was in like the biggest rut. And all of a sudden you were like, you know what, you guys aren't gonna go to school tomorrow. You so it was me and my younger sister you pulled us out of school on like a Thursday and a Friday and you brought us my grandma Mary and we stayed there all weekend. And it was like, Oh my gosh, that was the break I needed. I needed to get away from school. I needed to get away from my friends and you didn't know what was going on. I hadn't told you what was going on, but you just knew intuitively your kids needed a break or whatever it was. I don't know. It just worked out where we were able to get away and I was able to get up to ground And then I didn't talk to her about it either, but it was just like the fact that we had that really good connection that I love to see you have with my daughter, she could just help me get my mind off of it. We'd do puzzles, we'd go swimming, we'd do all of this other stuff that would help me get my mind off of whatever was happening. And um, another example I could come up with was, I don't know when that lock-in was where I had that really bad experience with bullying, but I did know that between sixth and seventh grade, I was gonna change something because I was sick of being bullied and I was sick of being treated terribly. So I was gonna changed my looks and I worked my butt off to lose a lot of weight and I kept losing weight and I kept losing weight. And I was on the verge of getting, um, what are those things called?
1: Anorexia.
0: Anorexia. Yeah. I wasn't blaming. I was on the verge of becoming anorexic and you noticed that and <laughs> decided to ground me if I ever got below a certain weight. So even though you didn't necessarily know what caused it or why it happened, I mean, I'm sure you had an idea, but you did stop it. When you could. So even though you didn't necessarily know all the details, I'm trying to tell you that you did a good job <laughs> parenting and you did figure it out. You did have an idea. And you knew what to yeah, do. I guess you
1: have an idea your kids are down or something. When they get older, they just don't seem to, yours now or young enough, they don't seem, to, they seem to tell you. But when they get older, they seem to be more closed in and shut off to it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I worry about that myself as a parent. And I I know that's not healthy. I I need to work on that myself. But as someone that went through something like that, like I really try to do what you did. And I try to create an open line of communication with both of my kids. And I asked them, actually, the other day, (laughs) you and I had that conversation. And you said something about, wow, that's a lot of feelings. Because I was talking to you about how my daughter had been hurt. And then she, in turn, hurt her brother because she was hurt. And she was acting out and how they had both come and talked to me about their feelings. And you were like, wow, that's a lot of feelings going on around there. (laughs) And I don't know if you meant it or not, but it made me feel proud because it made me go, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to cultivate in my family is that our feelings matter. And that we need to express them or get them out in some healthy way because bottling them up and burying them down is the worst thing you possibly can do. So I was really proud of myself because I'm like, oh, A for the day, mom. (laughs) (laughs) My kids are talking to me about their feelings and they're working through them and we're trying to figure out how to help them deal with them in a healthy way now because things are always going to bother them. People are going to say things to them that they don't like, and they need to have a healthy outlet to deal with that and handle that in a way that's better. Because even though I was bullied a lot in my grade school years, I wasn't outright bullied as much in my high school. But by then, I had turned into my own bully. So all of the things that the people had talked about through elementary school was in my head, and I was constantly ridiculing myself and calling myself names. And I turned into my own bully. So what I would love for my kids, and I'm trying my hardest, is to get them to be in touch with their own intuitive self, get them to be strong enough in who they are and what they stand for and the fact that they have superpower. And that is that it's their choice whether they let someone else influence them and impact them or not. And hopefully I'm trying to get them to have such a, a strong inner connection with their higher self that they don't let some kid off the street in, like turn into their own inner bully, if that makes sense.
1: What I would break down what you're trying to say is you're trying to make it so they don't let anybody's, their someone else's personal judgment of them interfere with who they are.
0: Exactly. That's really what a
1: parent tries to do is not to get them, let other people say you're fat or you're
0: short or your dome or. Yeah. But I did want to talk about how each kid has their own life experience. And we all came here to have a specific life experience. And even though I would love to shelter my kids and put them in bubble wrap and not let anything harm them, I do know that part of allowing them to become who they're meant to be is that some of these experiences they have to experience. And it's going to make them who they are, just as my experiences made me who I am. The one thing I've I've found that I really don't necessarily like, but I understand, because as you said, you wish I hadn't gone through the bullying and you said that hurt you when you found out that I went through the bullying that I did. But I've also had a couple of things with my own tools where I'm like, oh, don't worry, mom. I'm going to help my kid feel this way because I knew that some a particular person that they were hanging out with was starting to make them feel really bad about themselves. Yeah. And I was like, don't worry about it, mom. I know this awesome tool called emotion code where I can release those emotions and it's not going to impact them. And what I found out the hard way when I went to do that was that my kids have their own souls and they don't necessarily want to just release all of these things. So that's been something I've had to work with, like, oh, wow, like they actually need that. They needed that negative person in their life because somehow in their grander scheme, when they grow up, they're going to need to use that and work through that on their own. It's somehow was meant for them to experience that. And I don't want that to be gone because it must be important to their journey that I don't know and I can't see.
1: Yep. They got to be learning how to work through the problems when they arise,
0: even with their own kids.
1: Yeah. you have to learn how to teach them how
0: to work through the problems. So that that is a big lesson that I've learned is that Even though I have all of these tools and even though I know all of this stuff now, I still can't quite keep them sheltered from all of this stuff as much as I would like to because they're here and I have to honor their journey as well. Yeah. The only thing I guess we haven't covered
1: in my list of things is how spiritual you've become. Because when this started, you and me were the only two that didn't believe in, like Shannon, I don't know what you call that, uh, someone that can... She goes medium. I mean, we were the only two that didn't. And when Amy asked me when you were having your problems and stuff, if I thought that that would help you, you would accept it. A a session from Shannon, I said that you seem to be believing in more of that stuff, so maybe you would like it. And ever since then, it's been unreal. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm the only doubting Thomas, I guess you would call it, in the family. (laughs) After you did your first one, you were just like a whole new thing opened
0: up to you. It did. It was so amazing because, again, back to that finding my faith and finding my God or my universe or whatever you want to call it. It's the same presence. It just goes by different names. It's having that unconditional love every single second of every single day. And I thank them. I thank my whole community every day for being there with me through the good, the bad, the annoying, the boring every single day and loving me and caring for me and supporting me no matter what I do, which is so important because honestly, in this world, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of unconditional love going around if you think of, you know, even like how parents try the best they can, but they even, they usually say something like, well, don't you love me? Why are you doing this? Or if you love me, you wouldn't do this. You know, like they give conditions to their kids and how they act and how they behave that they don't realize is sending them a message of, well, if I don't do that, then I don't have my parents love and I don't have their support. Yeah. So to go back to, that first session with my grandma, Mary came through and was telling me how she loves me and how she's always been there. And and having that connection again, where they, whether we want to have them do this or not, spirits see every single thing that we go through. They can read our minds. We don't need to say the thoughts out loud. We can talk to them in our head. So they know exactly what is going through our heads. They know exactly what thoughts we have and they know the vibrations that we're putting out there and how the vibrations we're putting out there is influencing what's coming into our lives. So to me, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is real. They're here. And she's telling me all of this stuff that I had no idea that anyone else knew about me. Um, and it opened this whole new avenue of if this is real and if this can happen, what else can happen? And how can I tap into this unconditional love all the time to help me create a better life for myself if, if it truly was that I was creating this other life that wasn't very good for myself and I, and I definitely wanted to continue with Shannon because that was huge and every single month it's been better and better and better and better although I like to say that it's kind of a Pandora's box because once you open up to that at least In my case, it was I opened up to it and I wanted to learn more and I wanted to learn more and I wanted to do more. And the more that I do, things open up and the more awakened I become to the world. And I'm not the same person that I was the day before. I'm not the same person I was the year before. And truly, you can't go back to who you were before because you know too much. So although I am super grateful for where I am today and I wouldn't take back anything, anything at all. Because it's made me the person that I am today and I love who I am today and I love all the work I've done. It is one of those things we always joke about, about, well, yeah, but once you go here, then you're going to go here and you can't go back anymore because it's just not possible. <laughs> 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 but it's a great life. Like, I'm so appreciative. I read a book about a guy talking about how our inside is just not very pretty. Generally speaking, a person inside isn't very pretty because they've dealt with all of the stuff. And they saved all of these personal preferences, and they—that's why the world today is so externalized. We we don't want to go inside anymore because we have so much junk of hates and likes and dislikes and hot buttons and bad and good things in there that make us uncomfortable. And we and then we'd rather just watch TV or we'd rather read a book or we'd rather escape with this extreme, dream sport or something like that to escape and not get in our head. If you look around and you just people watch, there's very few people that can just sit in silence with no music, with nothing, and just absorb what's going on around them contently. It seems like they're either moving or they have to be doing something. Like we've created this culture where it's very rare to see someone that can just sit still and enjoy what's going on around them. Oh, yeah, I can't do that at all. Yes. Yeah, so okay. that's what, that's what this journey does. Like if the more you go internal and the more I clean up the stuff that we were talking about, the better I feel inside. I will do a meditation and I will come out of the meditation and I'll be like, I just want to be, that's the thought I have. I just want to be right now. I just want to exist in this moment and soak up what's going on around me. And it feels amazing, but that's not something I ever could have done before. I'd have to veg out in front of the TV to keep my mind because my mind's so full of stuff and it keeps wandering and wandering and I have all this junk in there but the more I go internal and I clear things up the better I feel inside. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been really fun. Like I've noticed a lot of differences. I've I feel like my relationships are better. I think you did allude to this fact earlier but like I am more compassionate am more understanding and more loving. I've been able to work through so many things that I never would have thought I would be able to and still be a better person because of it. What else do you want to talk about? The only
1: thing, which is what you just covered, it's kind of funny that I have that on my notes. My last thing on my notes
0: says she makes more time for the simple things in life. Oh, yes. It's amazing. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. I love it. Unfortunately, my mom was unable to say goodbye during this interview as she was interrupted by an unexpected visitor, but I really hope that you enjoyed her perception of how this journey has changed me. I know that I can talk till I'm blue in the face about the changes that I've noticed within myself, but sometimes it's just really fun and nice to see someone else's perception of that, and I know that other people are also seeing these changes as well. I did want to say a special thank you so much to my mother for being a part of this podcast and offering her perspective to you just to see another person's view of how someone that goes through something like this can change because I know it's way outside of her comfort zone and not something that she wanted to do but because she loves me she pushed herself and allowed me to record this so thank you so much to my mother I love you. I know my mom and I talked a lot about how to raise kids and our perception on doing that and trying to open those lines of communication. And I've said this so many times and I don't believe I'm ever going to stop saying it. I don't have all of the answers. I have so many questions and I don't know the right way to do something. All I know is that I'm trying to be the best person I possibly can. And that means I'm also trying to raise my kids in the best way that I possibly can. And that doesn't mean I don't make mistakes and that doesn't mean that everything I say is the right way to go. I'm just trying to offer my opinions and share my perspectives with anyone who wants to listen. So as I was editing this, I noticed the part where my mom brought up that I am a more patient person. And I'm not going to lie, I laughed a lot because I was like, oh my gosh, I just released episode 12, which is where I was talking about how I feel like I am becoming better at surrendering and how I am tapping every day to become better at surrendering and be more patient and understanding that even though I may not see that things are working out in my favor, they are working out in my favor And here, when my mom brings it up, I was like, no, I'm not like that at all. I don't do that at all. And it was so funny because it was like, oh, my gosh, there's a trigger for me. I didn't even realize that the word patience was a trigger for me. But for my entire life, I've been telling myself, I don't have patience. I don't have patience. Whenever I decide I want something, I want it, and I want it right then. So... It's funny to see that I know in myself that I'm working on this, and that when someone else points it out, I have this old cycle that just goes, me? Patience? No. And I just, everything I said, which was like, what, a sentence or something, but it was just complete programming. And it's fun to see those things because it, it shows me, again, that this is another area that I need to work on. I still have a trigger here because for so long, that's what I associated myself with when it came to the term patience. So I hope you guys got a kick out of that a little bit. I know I did. <laughs> still do. But truly, I hope that this was interesting and worthwhile for you to listen to. I know that I enjoyed it but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. So anyways, I appreciate you all listening. I love you, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. With all of my love, Yara Rose.